This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. We are going to be looking at Jeremiah 29, 4-14. This, uh, this passage, Jeremiah 29, 4-14, contains the famous often quoted passage from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so I thought this would be a great passage for us to examine this weekend um, because it talks about um, the context of that passage, talks about how um, Israel, God's people, were put into exile uh, because they were not following God's commandments. And they were exiled into Babylon. And so um, this, uh, this passage is um, basically God telling the Israelites what to do while they're in exile. And so there's oftentimes where sometimes as, as Christians in our contemporary culture, sometimes we can feel like outsiders as we seek to follow the Lord. And so on this um, 4th of July weekend, I wanted to um, just uh, kind of put us in that frame of mind of, of if we were in exile and we were um, like the Israelites at the time, you know, how would we respond in that situation? And so then how do we apply that to our lives today? And so my hope is that, you know, as we continue this whole series on prayer, my hope is that you will uh, take away from this sermon a, a sense of hope, that there is hope, no matter what the situation is, no matter what situation you are currently facing in your life. Uh, I know some, have, uh, some are facing health concerns. Um, you know, you have big, big decisions, life decisions that are in front of you. Um, and so... Uh, hopefully that this will be an encouragement to you. My hope is that you will come away this morning with lots of hope, for sure. Um, so, without further ado, let's go to Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14. If you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> Hear now the word of the Lord, Jeremiah 29.4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there. And do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. 
For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Please join me in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you to teach us this morning through your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to do a mighty work on our hearts so that we might follow you wholeheartedly. We ask you to remove everything that would block us from maintaining our prayer life with you. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. When I was in college, I uh, had a, a really good buddy of mine. He was a fraternity brother, a guy named Steve Jones. And um, we were sitting around drinking coffee one morning, and we, and we were poor college students, and we said, we need to start a business. And so we started a business, and it was called Take a Load Off take a load off. So we each had a little truck. Um, I had a little Toyota truck and he had a, a little Nissan truck. And so we thought, well, we'll just start this hauling business. So we put an ad in the paper and it's, uh, it, the, you know, the caption was, take a load off. We will haul your unwanted stuff away. No job too big, no job too small. Give us a call and we will take the load off of you. So this, the business idea was um, designed to get rid of people's unwanted junk. And we were the ones to call, right? So the advertisement was to say, if you've got junk, call us. We'll, we'll get rid of it for you. So call us, and your load will be gone. So in a similar way, the passage that we have reminds us that we have a burden in our life, and then we need to pray about it, and, the Lord, and, and with the Lord, we will find hope. So the emphasis here, uh, so, so the emphasis, like I said earlier, is finding hope in the Lord. And, and uh, as we are dealing with real life burdens, what do we do with those burdens? So the, the, the trajectory here is that we're giving the Lord our burdens in prayer. Okay. And so three main points to help us get there. Uh, we find hope in practical prayer to the Lord. We find hope in passionate prayer to the Lord. And we find hope in the perfecter of prayer, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. So point one, uh, we find hope in practical prayer to the Lord. So practical prayer to me is like, it's like everyday prayer, you know. Um, uh, for instance, uh, one time I couldn't find my reading glasses. And I was looking all over church. And I told Dee Dee, I said, Dee Dee, I can't find my reading glasses. And she goes, Russell, let's pray about it. Okay, let's pray about it. 
So we prayed about it. I went back to my office, and I found my reading glasses right where I put them, <laughs> right where they were supposed to be, right? They were there. But that's like an example, like it's just an everyday practical prayer, right? It's not, it's not a life or death prayer, but it's a prayer. It's, it's something that's important to God. And so, um, so in the passage before us, there's a couple of things I want to highlight that, that I would call kind of in that practical prayer. So verse 4 notes that it is God himself who sent his people into exile uh, to Babylon. And verse 14 says, it is God himself who will restore his people back to Jerusalem. And these seem like straightforward prayers. Uh, seems like straightforward to us because they're, they're praying to the Lord. Um, we hear this all the time. We are encouraged to pray to the one true God on a regular basis. But in this passage, the context is different. Babylon, which means gate of God, is a place where human arrogance has been placed on full display. So we think about the context in which um, uh, the Lord, the, the prayers are being offered to the Lord, which in this passage, the Lord shows up eight times. And uh, we think, what I'm trying to get across is that we think that that's pretty common, right? Well, yeah, we pray to the Lord. But in the context of Babylon, um, this is the place where Nebuchadnezzar built the 90-foot gold statue and said, you must pray to him or be or die. Uh, this is the place, Babylon is the place where the Tower of Babel was built, where man was trying to reach God on his own will. And so there's this... There's this uh, there's this um, history there in Babylon that you don't pray to the Lord. You do it yourself or you pray to idols. Um, so the famous story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took place in Babylon. So the fact that these seemingly practical, common, everyday prayers um, might seem like, oh, that's not really a big deal. It's a huge deal uh, for Jeremiah to be saying to the exiles who are in Babylon... Keep praying to the Lord. And in your text, it's capital, right? So capital L-O-R-D means Yahweh, which is the name of God, the one true God. So make sure, he's saying, make sure your everyday prayers are going to Yahweh, the one true God. And so this was a big deal. Uh, for us, it might seem like, oh, it's just a common prayer, but it's a big deal. And some of the examples of this everyday prayer would be verse 5, 6, and 7. It says, he's telling them, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives and sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city that I sent you, uh, where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for its welfare will be your welfare. So, so the everyday prayer there, I think it, what it's doing is for us as, a, as, a, as a, a body of believers seeking to follow the Lord and seeking to grow in our prayer life, this is telling us, hey, it's okay to pray for your family. Pray for your future. If you're a, a college student and you're not sure what's next, go ahead and pray for that. Have you, it's not too soon to start praying for your spouse. I'm looking at my... 16-year-old daughter, right? And uh, so it's not too soon to start praying for that. This is a God-honoring prayer. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your future. Pray, uh, pray for your grandkids. 
And then um, one thing that, they, that the people of God were not doing was they weren't honoring their parents. So pray for your parents, pray for your, you know, pray for your grandparents, pray for your family is what this is saying. And, I, and again, it's, I say it, it's kind of in that practical prayer, like, yeah, we want to pray for our families. Uh, that could seem like a no-brainer for some of us, but for some of us that might be, you know, revolutionary. You know, it might be like a big deal. Well, it's not too soon to pray for these things. And, um, and this, is, this passage is encouraging God's people to be fruitful and multiply, and I recognize there's also... Biblically, it is completely 100% uh, fine if you are single and God has called you to singleness and there is opportunities for you to flourish in that way as well. So don't feel like you're being left out of this. This particular situation, God's family, uh, God wanted his family to grow in that situation. So he's encouraging that. So those are, um, that's what I would say, um, you know, practical Prayer, um, I think realist in, in real life, you know, we have prayed uh, with, I've got four children, and one is happened to be getting married, and he had, you know, he had one, like, really serious girlfriend before, and he was, like, he was really wrestling with, well, should I marry her or not, and, you know, and I was, I was always just encouraging, pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord, and, and um, that one particular one didn't work out, but you know, we're so thankful that he met uh, Lauren, who, you know, they're getting married next weekend. We're super excited, obviously, because I keep talking about it. But, um, but, but it's, it's prayer to the Lord. It's answered prayer, and that's the point. So if you feel like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet the right person, right? Pray to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Take, take, take that load off. No prayer too big. No, too, no prayer too small. For the Lord, take it to the Lord. Let's see. Um, also, um, so in that passage that I read, it also calls for prayer for the city. Uh, specifically, says pray for the city in which you dwell, and uh, that's so important for us as Memphians. Um, we uh, we live in a violent city. Uh, crime is quite high. Gun violence is high. Um, but we're not the only city that's like that, but we live here, this is our city, and there are issues, and so it deserves prayer. God specifically says, pray for the city, in its welfare you will find your welfare. And so uh, it's a great thing for us to do as a praying people to lift up the city of Memphis in prayer. And specifically, I know um, Dale, I'll call out Dale's uh, brother-in-law, a man named Gib, I'm not using last names here for a reason, but uh, he started a, a, a thing called the Memphis uh, Prayer Journal, and it was like a weekly prayer um, for Memphis. And the whole idea was if you could get people praying for Memphis, praying to the Lord for Memphis, that good things would happen. And he was really instrumental in running a, a ministry that's in existence now called Memphis Athletic Ministries. They get uh, at-risk youth off the street after school, get them into the gyms, they get them discipleship, that sort of thing. Uh, there's another a guy who was praying for Memphis, a guy named Ken Bennett. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of him. He started Streets Ministries, and so he started with a van, a basketball, and prayer, and he went down to Vance, 
street where the gangs were, and he just started praying that God would open up doors, and he started streets ministry down there. But it all started with prayer. So, so we know there are things that we can do right here in Memphis. Um, I, know I'm, I know in Honduras, uh, we have great prayer partners there. We go to Honduras as a team. We go and we pray with the Hondurans there. And, we, and um, it's just a, it's such a spiritually encouraging opportunity to do it. But again, it, it begins with prayer and a vision to live out God's commandments to really to flourish, to kind of highlight that, that, um, he, that God will, will give us a, a hope and a future and to bring wholeness, bring healing and hope into that situation. So, so that's point one. Point two, uh, we find hope in passionate prayer to the Lord, passionate prayer to the Lord. So I pulled this out of verses 12 and 13. It says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me with all your heart. So when we read this casually, we can miss the emphasis in the text, right? There's a, there's a calling. There's a seeking. There's, a, there's an active pursuit of God. So God is telling his people, and uh, what's exciting about this passage is that God is telling his people that one of the main goals of the entire 70-year exile is that God wants his people to pursue him wholeheartedly. God wants us, his people, to pursue him wholeheartedly. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to be persistent with it. And he wants us to be passionate about it. And um, so... We, uh, my family and I, we just got back from Orlando. We were staying in a condo down there, and everything was going great. I think it was like the second night, and uh, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and the phone rings. And there was, there was an actual corded phone in the room, which was, to me was kind of weird. <laughs> we don't really have a corded phone anymore. But anyway, the corded phone started ringing, you know, and it's 1.30 in the morning, so it's just like, huh, what is that? You know, what's going on? Well, and so I just ignored it. Well, then, like a minute later, it rings again. Oh, my goodness, what is going on? And uh, I just ignored it. And then again, it rings. So the phone rings. It's three times it rings. I'm like, I'm, it's 1.30 in the morning. Like, no one even knows we're down here. I'm just going to unplug. So I went around the condo and unplugged all the phones. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I go back to bed. Then, like five minutes later, Oh, what is this? Ah, just ignore it. Oh my goodness, what is going on? So I, you know, Jennifer's like, at this point, she's like nudging me, like, go deal with this. I'm like, oh goodness. So I go, uh, get up, and I go to the to the door, and I look through the little peephole, and it's a security guard, and he's really pounding on the door, you know. I'm like, what can I help you with? You know, we're just trying to sleep here. And he's, he's like, we got a 911 call from this room, and we need, we need to know if everything's okay. And I'm like, we're just, we're just sleeping. Like, go away. And so, so he turned around and got on the radio, and I could see him. He was checking with the front desk. And they're like, yeah, that was the room. He's like, okay. And he comes back again. Boom, 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 boom. He was, he was, 
pursuing me to open that door, and he was passionate about it. And finally, I opened the door, and I said, look, there's, there's no emergency here. We're just trying to sleep. He's like, okay, and he left. But he was, he was pursuing us. He was passionate, and that is just a reminder for us of what this is what God is asking us to do. He is asking us to come seek him and find him. And he promises that he will be there, that, you, that we will be able to find him when we pursue him like that. So, um, so again, like what, what is it that's on your heart? What is it that you need to go to the Lord about? What is it that's burdening you, that's keeping you from going to the Lord? You need to give that to the Lord. I know in my own life, I feel like um, sometimes if I get weighed down by things, then I'll pray less. You know, it's like, oh, if everything's going good, then, I, then I'll pray. But when everything's going bad, then I just, you know, clam up and don't pray. But, but it's opposite, right? God wants us to pray. He wants us to bring those things to him. And this, uh, my last final point, third point, we find hope in the perfecter of prayer. And who is that perfecter of prayer? It's Jesus Christ. Jeremiah was a prophet. He lived probably 500 years before Jesus came to earth. So, but we can read this text and we can read it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And we can understand that um, God, He's serious about wanting to have a relationship with us, and that relationship includes prayer. He is so serious about it that he sent his one and only son from heaven to earth to die on a cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb for three days, raised again from the dead, and revealed himself to the believers, and then ascended into heaven and lives and reigns to intercede for us in our prayers. And so the perfecter of our prayers is Jesus Christ. And he is there and he is ready and he is willing and able to intercede for us in our prayers, to bring our weak, feeble prayers, to bring them to the Lord in a wholehearted fashion. Because Jesus gave his whole heart and whole life to accomplish that for us, to bring us into right relationship with him. So I want to give you hope this morning. I want to give you hope that God loves you so much. And, and through his son, Jesus Christ, we have the power to bring those burdens to the Lord. So whatever it is, uh, and Jesus, Jesus himself said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Anybody's souls at unrest in here? Probably. So bring that burden to the Lord. Whatever it is, too big, too small. It's not too big or too small for Jesus. So I want to um, just um, finish this morning. We're just going to take one minute of complete silence. Whatever that thing is, that is burdening you, I want you to give it to the Lord. And I want you to have confidence that he will hear you and that he will, and that you can find him. You can find his presence as you reach out to the Lord. So we're going to do one minute of total quiet prayer. Just pray to the Lord uh, personally. Um, and then 
we will, um, and then Pastor Pam is going to come and uh, do the Lord's Supper for us, okay? All right, so let's do that. Just go, go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.